It's a podcast. You're listening to Gorehead and the Wiener. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gorehead and the Wiener. Today, we are talking about Apostle. Apostle. Not the, the apostle? apostle, because I it's found apostle. out that's a movie starring Robert Duvall from 1997. Well, it's not that one. Nope. <laughs> this one's from 2018, I believe. It is. It is rather new, but also rather old. Yeah, it's weird. It's 2023. It's like five years old now at this point. <laughs> oh, I just meant in terms of like the time period that it's in. Oh, yes. It takes, takes place in like. 1900s i'm guessing i don't remember 1905 ah yes 1905 so the way back time yes the way back time so yeah we're uh today we're we have a classic gorehead and the wiener episode for you where we're just gonna go into depth about a horror film and give the wiener myself my my rating of uh, of this movie's gore aspect and then we're just gonna we're gonna talk about it so if you could kick it off, Chris, it off. with a little movie intro. That'd be great. <coughs> okay. When the weary Thomas must leave Downton Abbey in search of his precocious wayward sister, Jennifer, he embarks down the rabbit hole where he meets curiouser and curiouser oddities and characters beyond his comprehension. With revelations of greater knowledge, the roots of fate's tighten and threaten to pull Thomas deep down into the cold, dark abyss below, remaining evermore. 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 Beautiful. That sounded very fancy. <laughs> well, they all talk like fancy old English, so I tried to come up with my five dollar words. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so that is Apostle, and yeah, I'll get into my gore my gore rating. Um, I thought it was going to be worse because so I <laughs> watched, uh, there are still parts I couldn't watch. There's a, mm -hmm. one part specifically I couldn't watch, but oh, yeah. I remember you showing me the trailer and it shows like right before one of the worst moments. And <laughs> I just really didn't want to watch this movie just based solely on that because there are some torture elements in this that is very uncomfortable to watch very um, real torture oh boy yeah so i gave it i'm gonna say like three and a half out of five yeah pretty mid-range yeah. it's pretty it's like there's one part specifically i couldn't watch so i could maybe bring it up to a four out of five like on the with yeah. viewability rating, but I think there's enough stuff in it that it could go down to three and a half just to be safe. So, oh yeah, I'd say That's... there's some pretty intensely gory parts and some pretty disturbing subject matter that also yeah. involves gore. But it's it's not necessarily violence, but it's pretty it's disgusting. Not show necessarily, yeah. Well, I'm show. just thinking of like the feeding <laughs> parts. Oh, yeah, there's some feeding parts. Yeah, so there's... Uh, That's pretty gross. It's not traditional gore, but it's like the cult concept is pretty disgusting. 
In terms of visceral gore, there I'll go through it. So the there is some torture elements where you do see like uh someone being tortured and you see like the inside of the skull. Yeah. After the fact. Yeah. It's um it's not as gory in the moment as I was expecting it to be, but they don't show close-ups of the gore until after it's happened so that is at least something to keep in mind yeah, they don't linger um, on it too long i think they're he's pretty no. smart in understanding that people wouldn't <laughs> maybe not want to see that and yeah it's, it, it'd be it'd be hard to pull off i think in a very realistic way as well to see the whole thing so it's almost kind of better that you just see the beginning you'd have to build some pretty like elaborate fancy head prosthetic things yeah um yeah. but the I said the most effective part of that is when they, they show the, the drill bit that was used and it's just yeah. like caked in blood, but there's also like hair, hair caked to it. So like, it's so accurate looking to what would happen if you drill through a boy's head. So it's like, wow, that's really gross. The attention to detail on Disgusting. like the, the hair yeah. bits. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you see hooks like in hands. Oh yeah, hooks in hooks. hands. Ain't no Captain Hook um, here. No, that's a different movie. Um, you see a hand stuck in a grinder. Yeah. That is the part I couldn't watch. That's the part. Yeah. Speaking and about caked on blood, that grinder is the most disgusting looking piece of metal I've ever seen in, in cinema, I think. Like, it's so shiny. <laughs> but like the atmosphere, you brought this up too, and I couldn't like get it out of my mind. Where uh, you just described the walls as being sticky, and it's yeah. so accurate. It's like you've everyone's been to a bar that's kind of, you know, the tables have yeah. so many layers of grime and stickiness on them Grunge that you factor. kind of know that what that feels like. Everyone's oh, yeah. not. Not everyone's been to college, but I'm just saying, like, everyone's been to those college bars, most likely. Yeah, you yeah. know, those tables. That was kind of the whole insides of all the uh, rooms. <laughs> all the walls look like they had that texture. So yeah. it's really nasty. Yeah, like, every building yeah. that you go into has, like, yeah, this quality of almost blood-like consistency on the walls. Which is actually very Later. thematically appropriate when <laughs> we start getting into we'll the plot. We'll get into, yeah, we'll it's, get into kind that. Of interesting little hint at what is to come and yeah. why things are happening and yeah mm -hmm. and um on like a more average gore note there's like people being shot people being stabbed but it's not uh overly close up apart from one scene where someone is being stabbed and it's like oh. ripped through his body oh yeah yeah that's right yeah that's <laughs> so that that's that's the gore um and I guess, like you said, more thematically, it's more disturbing because there are a lot of scenes of a character that is ingesting, like, force-fed blood, bloody, guts. gory guts Jeez. and stuff. So that also adds to that, if that's something that bothers you. For <laughs> me, the stuff that grosses me out is, like, the hand scene. It's like a close-up uh, shot of something that you can imagine happening to yourself. So he also also yeah. has to submerge himself in what is one of the most disgusting bodies of liquid I've ever seen in a movie as well. But he has if to go. If you've seen the descent, if you've seen the descent, is very reminiscent of that. 
Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Chunky yeah. water is an underutilized thing in horror. People need to use more chunky water. That stuff chunky is bloody water. Chunk- yeah, yeah. Water with like that good chunk factor in it. That's that that's some good gross out factor <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's in my Nasty. mouth. <laughs> Get it out of here. A shower um, would you have to have after going in that? Like, oh, I just think about like, what if you accidentally opened your mouth? <laughs> you would die. You would be infected from the inside out and die. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> you would have every disease known to man now. You would need to have like an internal shower in order oh. to like. Yeah, yeah. Just drink bleach, just like in uh... Metalopolis. To <laughs> drink the bleach. Oi. I won't go into a rabbit hole of Metalocalypse right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into, we'll get into the detailed summary now. So now we're going to get full full spoiler territory and talk in depth about everything that happens in this movie. So, yeah. start out. Dan it's Steve. 1905. Yeah, good old Dan Stevens. It's 1905 and Thomas Richardson Thomas. is uh, planning on traveling to a remote Welsh island to rescue his sister Jennifer, whom is believed to have joined a cult mm-hmm. or taken by a cult. It's not mm-hmm. overly established mm-hmm. at this it's point, but reading a letter. Like, I think it's very Dracula, the beginning of it. It feels like when Keanu it Reeves is Dracula's yeah. cast. Except reading the letter on the train by an actual British man, which is much better than Keanu Reeves. Oh my god, I love Keanu Reeves, but that was probably one of his worst roles ever. Was in Dracula. He reached too far on that one. That just wasn't the right role for him. Melted as he fell to the ground, and when he emerged, he was emerged as John Wick with a beard. That's much better. Yeah, yeah. Also, Um, Dan Stevens is a classy British man because he actually was in Downton Abbey before. So I like to think that this is his character in Downton Abbey in this Downton Abbey. I'm a proper boy from Downton Abbey. I'm a proper boy. A proper boy. All right. So (laughs) Tom, Tom Richardson, the main character, he decides to, he's going to rescue his sister, Jennifer, and he's posing as like a convert of this cult, and in the he looks process so of this, sweaty he the whole movie. Too. Oh, sweaty, grimy. He looks real so nasty. dirty. He looks like he's yeah. He's lived some hard miles. <laughs> like oh boy. Yeah, and you find no, out Dan later Steve. how Dan hard a of a man. life. <laughs> he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. But yeah, it's, uh, they made him look a little rough. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Still pretty. But he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you tell, underneath all that sweat and overdosing, this is, is a pretty man. <laughs> is a pretty man. So he poses as a convert, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, he steals another man's passport, and uh, so that allows him to kind of sneak onto the boat full of these other converts of this cult, kind of under yeah. the radar. Yeah, and of... and you'd think that, like, the way we're, like, setting up his character, he might be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, that seems like a nice thing for him to do. It's like, you know, he's like, oh, okay, this is our this is our main character that we're going to root for. But, like, he's not really portrayed as a very nice person, and no. it doesn't seem like he's, like, he wants to help his sister, but, like, he does not give a fuck about who he hurts in between 
that happening. Like you can tell no. he's very singularly he's... focused and he does not care the destruction that is in his path. He has depth to him because it's sort of like I got the vibe even pretty early on. It's like he's seen some shit. He's been kind of disillusioned from life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He all he wants is to save his sister. He doesn't give a fuck. Even about himself. He's just kind Yeah, of like, no, he does not give I'm a shit. Here... Very suicidal. He doesn't care about himself. He's a drug addict as well. He has like these little droplets that he takes all the time. Very 1905, where it's just like some sort of concoction in a little droplet bottle, and he just like takes them every. Yeah, time. they they never say what it is, but I saw a little fact that said they theorize or something that it's like alcohol mixed with uh, opium, and you just take little droplets mm. of it. So essentially, liquid yeah. heroin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. So, <laughs> I would probably take by... liquid heroin too after what he went through. Oh boy! Yeah, we find that out. We find that out in a <laughs> we'll bit. Get there. <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's a while, but yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Um. So yeah, he he successfully does make it to this remote island. Travels by boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out pretty early that there's like a little bit of suspicions in this cult that there's like a traitor amongst them, or like they think someone. Yeah, kind of they're sneaking, at odds with like the British on. government, I think, as well, because they're kind of like they're worried that they're going to like the government's going to come in and shut them down because they're very about being free and like having their own land and being separate from the monarch. So yeah. they're like hyper paranoid that spies will get into their midst and sow deceit in their community. Yeah. So, yeah, he's successfully made it on the island. He's trying to kind of integrate himself, keep a low profile. And um, as he's heading to his room, there's a, so there's this sort of like communal um, cabin where everyone has their own bedroom. And so each, each bedroom kind of opens out onto a hallway. And you see he sort of sneak around at night, kind of like, Looking in windows to see yeah. what the, everyone's vibe is. Maybe, maybe one of the houses trying to find the sister, just trying to kind of get more information. And he sees this woman uh, basically bloodletting. She like cuts her arm and is like dripping blood into a jar. Yeah. And then you see her like hold the jar towards a daughter that's like cowering in the corner. So we're just like, okay, Your what turn. the fuck is happening? <laughs> Your turn. And uh, it's like, okay, what the fuck is this place? And so yeah. he's going back oh, to, his, to <laughs> his bedroom, cult, yeah. and each bedroom door has a jar of blood sitting outside mm. of each of each door. Well, when they arrived and... at the island, everyone was given a blanket and their little jar. <laughs> you don't know why. And they're like, hmm, you don't... that's a weird combination of that's things to That's strange. <laughs> and, like, he wouldn't know what that's for, but everyone else, no. I assume, knows. Yeah, because uh, they are actually, like, indoctrinated overseas they, they've already they drank the kool-aid yeah. hard yeah they drank the kool-aid yes the flavor aid yeah we have haven't we but yeah so he notices this and he's like oh fuck okay so he's like steal someone else's blood put Puts it in his jar, puts it down, and then he, like, has, yeah, <laughs> and he has a key and uh, unlocks his door, but there's, like, a little knife on the edge of the key, and it makes him bleed a little bit and drips onto the ground, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? But us as the audience, the camera 
uh, pans down and or rotates down and sees the blood dripping that has dripped on the ground and it kind of like seeps into the floorboards and disappears. So we're like, oh, no, what? No, no, what? no, you get this is the shot where you get like a really quick shot of the old woman below the below the floorboards going. Ah! <laughs> She's like trying oh, to yeah, like, that's right. lick it up, and it's just like it's just like one shot where it's like. This crazy spindle. Yeah, you do actually. You see her in the background in one shot, and she's just standing at the end of the hallway. And I was like, oh, there's an old lady back there. Yeah, just one shot, and then she's gone. And then, yeah, Yeah. you do see her under the floorboards. But (laughs) the way that the the blood moves, it feels unnatural. Like it's kind of like seeping in. Maneuvered towards her. Like she's trying to get at it because she's, yeah, she's got a problem. This movie's she also a very blood. good cautionary tale to addiction. <laughs> There's a lot of addiction stuff in this, yeah. Yeah, so that that was beautiful. That was that set everything up where I was like, okay, there's they have some like explaining to do. Like, how are they gonna make this work? Mystery, yeah. intrigue. <laughs> so many things. I was so... like, we got a call, we got bloodletting, we got a crazy old bitch under the under the house that's drinking it. Like, okay, yeah. where's this going? And we got a kidnapped sister. I was so on. worried that they were not going to connect everything because for oh. so long of the movie, there's a lot of space where it's like, okay, we haven't yeah. seen any of this lady. Like, what the fuck? But it yeah. does. Everything does make sense at the end, I will say. Yeah, so. It's one of those movies that deserves to be two hours and ten minutes long. He uses the whole animal yeah. in, the, in the filming of it. So Actually, that it can allow to does. have nice slow parts. I would say that this is a very good slow burn over the course of the movie. Like, he, he gives you little, little nuggets uh of, yeah. of weirdness to come, but it's not clear enough that you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's this yeah. is a pretty hard uh, story to predict, I would say, in terms of what happens. So they, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Gareth Evans is great. I didn't predict it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I had no idea where this was going. Oh, I was, uh, the first time I watched this, I was a little giddy schoolboy. I'm like, oh boy, this is getting crazy. <laughs> this is getting wild. So now we cut to Malcolm, along with two others, Frank and Quinn. These are the founders of the island. Malcolm is the leader, um, and they are claiming that the mat the the mat they are claiming that the land was made fertile by blood sacrifice. So we kind of just yeah. find this out. We don't know much more than that. We're just like, okay, so yeah. that's kind of. This what could happens. be the cult aspect where it's just like they're this just bullshitting the people into believing it. Because you generally, yeah. if you want a successful cult, you want to put in some weird extreme rules that will break a person's, I think, willingness to say no to you. Like if you can like push someone far enough that they're willing to bloodlet themselves, you probably yeah. got them sold. You could, uh, yeah. They'll say yeah, yes that's a pretty good test, out. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. So. And then we find out they are suspicious of unwelcome guests sneaking onto the island, but have no real proof of who this could be after wrongfully murdering the man with Thomas's real passport. Yes. And we have, oh, and Michael Sheen of uh, Good Omens fame, yeah. who plays uh, Azariel. I forget what his name is in, in the Good Omens. But uh, yeah, I oh, love yeah. I, I love that actor. He's He has such good range. He's, He's such so good. He's like he's hilarious, but he's also so good at being like intense. And to he quote my has part, a very he pulls off being kind of like a bit of an evil dude in this movie, but has a depth to him that you're yeah. like, 
not sure exactly what to think of him. And, but then if you look long. at him in good... Yeah, you can... It seems like he had good intentions. Mm -hmm. And then he's just kind of... He is the power force of this cult now, but he doesn't necessarily want to, like, do evil. But yeah, he has just... kind of become evil in, in they a want sense. their community but they unfortunately they, yeah he'll do anything to maintain that illusion of like a cult mm -hmm. um and then if you look at him in good omens he's like just the most adorable nice guy that's super sweet and funny like yeah such yeah. an interesting contrast yeah he's well, got good range this guy oh he's he's great he was like he's like the bad guy in underworld he plays the evil werewolf leader in that that's the first thing i ever saw him in and he's also has a hilarious reoccurring role in 30 rock where he plays a character named wesley snipes and everyone, oh, yeah. keeps, everyone keeps asking, oh, like, Wesley Snipes, like, the actor? And every time someone says that, he loses. He's like, you do understand that Wesley Snipes is a much more British name than an American name. And it's much more common for someone like me to be named Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and he just keeps getting upset all the time because people keep mentioning the other Wesley Snipes. And that's how he's known for it by everybody. <laughs> it's just... The other Wesley Snipes. He's a, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful actor. That's, yeah, but that man's a Shakespearean actor through and through. You can make boring Shakespeare Fantastic. entertaining. You can do anything. So good. Yeah. Um, so Thomas, back to Thomas now. Uh, he discovers Frank's son, one of the founders. Um, Frank's son, Jeremy. Oh, innocent Quinn's, little Jeremy. Yeah, and <laughs> Quinn's daughter. And I'll just say, I'll describe each of these guys. So... We have Malcolm. He's the main leader of this cult, and he's uh, Mike Sheen. Part Mike Michael Sheen. <laughs> There's Charlie Day and Michael Sheen. <laughs> Mike, I was gonna say Charlie Sheen, and I'm like, that's oh, not that oh wow, that'd be a very different movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, Mike Michael Sheen. Um, that's that's Malcolm. He's the main dude, yeah. and then we've got um, Quinn, and he's kind of like the middleman. He he seems yeah. like he has. A good heart good intention but he's kind of always stepped on a little bit by the other two mm -hmm. and then we've got quinn he seems fucking awful he's just kind of like this big burly dude yeah, and yeah. He's, the he's just kind of following malcolm because he's the leader but he definitely seems awful like evil yeah. he doesn't seem like he's, he has a good bone in his body but he's following the leader malcolm he does what he says because he's yeah. in power so yeah those are the three. It, it's like he is the it's like malcolm's like the true believer and then the other guy is kind of using religion for his own benefit like to be able to abuse his power to his own ends yeah. essentially like he is the unfortunately very stereotypical idea of what people think like you know creepy catholic priests are like you know that's kind of yeah he gives off that vibe that he's creepy Catholic priest guy. <laughs> like he is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not so great. Not so great. <laughs> not so great. So Thomas, back to the main dude, Thomas discovers Frank's son, Jeremy and Quinn's daughter, Fionn sneaking home after a rendezvous. And, uh, nice rendezvous. <laughs> Jeremy a sweet admits, moment too, where they're just like cuddling in a boat or something and they're talking lovely. about leaving it's the adorable. island together and yeah. I'm gonna make you a boat and we'll leave together and it's all sweet they are they are the innocent 
small yeah. little innocent nugget in the movie. Like they're the only taste of true goodness that you kind of find. Other yeah. than that other lady, she seems pretty nice, but she's yeah. also Well, we meet her a little later. Yeah. yeah. Um so Jeremy admits to Thomas um after quite a bit of like prodding on Thomas's part. But Jeremy admits to Thomas that Jennifer was indeed kidnapped for ransom, as the cult no longer has money to continue paying for resources to feed the island. So they need money to bring animals offshore to them to basically feed to the island. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if this part has happened yet, but they, they, they show you examples of why they're buying all of the crops and the animals, because any animal that is birthed on the island is literally born almost dead. Yeah, like it's I don't know when that happens and either. Yeah. And so you understand that, like, for whatever reason, the animals on the island can't give birth to new animals. So they have to bring them in if they want. And they also, like, the milk starts to spoil in the cows and all the crops are dying. And so it's like, okay, something, something's going on here. Something is corrupted on this island. It does not seem right. Oh. We do find out later what exactly was corrupted. We will. <laughs> so, yes. So we find that little nugget out. And um, later, there's a newcomer in the church that attempts to assassinate Malcolm. And oh, yeah. Thomas intervenes but is wounded. And in doing that, yeah. it kind of, like, gains Malcolm's trust over <laughs> Thomas. And uh, it endears him. Um, but that evening... Malcolm parades Jennifer, the sister, through the village, and she's clearly very, like, malnourished. Her hair is, like, matted, falling out. And they make uh, her look really unattractive, like, realistically unattractive. Like, she's wearing a nice dress, so she was definitely stolen, like, kidnapped when she was looking good yeah. but then over the time period she's been here they haven't given her any other clothes and clearly haven't allowed her to bathe at all she's yeah, exactly looking rough looking rough um so malcolm is demanding a ransom claiming that jennifer will be killed if her co-conspirator does not come forward mm-hmm. but um thomas stays hidden he doesn't come out and is realized pretty quickly that that whole thing was a bluff and uh, they they just cut off a piece of her hair yeah. to make and it well, look I think like they were going to... That's when you kind of start to see the dynamic between Michael Sheen and, and the ginger guy. And how I think the ginger guy was yeah. much more willing to hurt her while Michael Sheen said, no, we're not going to do that. That's not who we are. Like, we, we're not going to, like, kill an innocent girl just because we don't have food. Like Exactly. So I, I think yeah, you yeah. kind of start to get glimpses that they're kind of at odds with each other's, like, point of view on how to handle the situation. Yeah. That only yeah. grows over the course of the movie. Exactly. So, yeah, it's realized that this whole scenario was a bluff, but Thomas wastes no time, and Thomas plans to find Jennifer and sets out to break into the house that he believes she's kept in. He's, Malcolm he's and go-getter. his... He's a real go-getter. And uh, so he's, like, drawn a map, and he's got this plan. He's He's kind of, like, snuck out into the night to this house. But meanwhile... Mm-hmm. Malcolm and his asshole assistant Quinn uh, <laughs> discovers uh, discovers his plan in his room mm-hmm. and runs to the house he's breaking into. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas panics as he sees he notices that there's 
something happening outside the door he was going to break out of and retreats back into an underground system of tunnels that is kind of filled up with blood for some oh, reason and filled. discovers <laughs> and discovers an old woman in the bloody pool like, of the tunnels the creepiest yeah. old bitch you've ever seen just like man <laughs> and then I she don't... starts like running and chasing him and, uh, and he's in such a tiny tunnel like he has to be on his belly and it. he can just yeah. doggy pull himself by the ceiling to kind of move himself along so this he barely little escapes. old creepy naked yeah. woman is running at him in the bloody guts and he's just like yep. <laughs> but also the humans are still trying to find him as well so it's like oh this old bitch is chasing me and someone's going to try to shoot me which one's worse <laughs> like oh god which one's worse which one's worse so he's running away and he finds his way through the tunnel system and exits into a cave covered in markings depicting a deity. Yes. Ancient runes or something. Things. Very old fashioned mythical yes. old wooden god sort of uh I guess pagans. Pagans, yeah. I guess would be. Also very dissenty. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yeah. dissenty. Um, yeah, cave I'm sorry, I'm jumping. Creepier. You just throw some cave paintings on a oh. rock wall, and boom. <laughs> you got a horror factor. Exactly. And I'm jumping a lot around, like, time, mm. like, not time-wise, but character-wise, because that's how the movie is paced, and you kind of need to go from character to character to explain kind of the next events that precede, proceed, proceed. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So now yeah, we're going to cut back to... Happened. There's a lot going on, you know, over the There's a lot of, of characters <laughs> doing things, and it all kind of just comes, smashes together at the end. It, it does um, feel kind of like a community. It's nice. There's enough character development. Yeah, it's nice. People, it, it does feel yeah. kind of like a bit of a bigger story than you're just following yeah. this Thomas character. And At first, it's very singularly focused on him at the beginning of the movie, but then it kind of starts to broaden over the course of the movie until... The end of the movie where the entire community is affected by <laughs> the yeah. actions of the few main characters and then it's like oh okay yeah this is a community-wide uh issue now so it, they do a good job of kind of slowly uh i don't know ramping up your your vision of what the the story yeah. is you... yes they do a good job so now we're cutting job. to to malcolm and he's visiting a shed in the forest and uh, we see him like yeah entering this like weird shed in the forest and he's welcomed by a uh, tree-headed man <laughs> yeah he's got a crazy head <laughs> crazy he's, he's got a wood head root, root head it's like but they're like root. a bunch of vines wrapped all yeah. around his head so like his entire head is like covered and so like maybe yeah. he was a man at one point that they sacrificed and turned him into this thing like there's no backstory given about this no backstory i think you're just like okay he doesn't really seem to have a human soul from what it appears to be he just seems to just be doing the bidding of this cult so yeah we enter we see what's inside of this shed and we see a woman that's basically imprisoned by all of these root systems that are kind of like wrapped around her into her and she's just lying there like looking like she's basically decomposing into a tree is kind of what it looks yeah. like this this set is also pretty cool for like how kind of low budget the movie is you can tell that the effort went into this interior oh, yeah. barn set because there's just like 
vines growing everywhere. Like you could really tell that like this woman almost like grew all of this out of her and like yeah. it all, she's the central source of it. And like all the walls are covered and like everything kind of, it seems like a tiny isolated little forest and it's a, Oh, it's a, it's a unique set. I really like that that interior yeah, cool. barn set. It's, they put a lot of effort, into, like the long hallway too, where it's like all root like knots on the yeah. walls and like thorns and yeah. Yeah, it's really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Malcolm he feeds the blood of himself to this woman in a really mean way. All the tree roots. <laughs> really mean way because that's when he like runs up to he's like what are you doing to the crops and you find out that oh she's the one that like grows everything yeah. he's like you want the blood he just like cuts his hand and, like shoves it on her freaking face fucking insane yeah like force feeds her his blood it's like oh that's it's not very cool to do that to an old woman yeah yeah she clearly isn't having a good time it didn't seem like she really wanted to drink the blood but she did it what? and then it, after and she it's, it's a great After subversion she... of, of expectations. <laughs> so I was like, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a good subversion of expectations because you kind of expect maybe she's like this evil like character. She looks like an kind evil of... witch. She looks like she an evil witch. Fun. She's got like stringy she long white hair. <laughs> yeah, and she's being like sucked dry by all like, these roots, and she's just yeah. kind of lying there like. She looks a lot and, uh, like uh, like uh, Deborah Logan when she gets possessed. The possession oh, yeah, of Deborah. She does. Yeah, yeah. She the Deborah Logan vibes going on real hard. Her and Deborah, Deborah could have a vibes. good conversation over tea. They together, could have a nice tea party. <laughs> She's like a snake monster body. Like, oh, I know what it's like. <sighs> so difficult. My back just <laughs> peels all the time, and I have to eat children. <laughs> it's like I eat children too. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yes, I hate eating the chunky bits. <laughs> I just swallow them whole. Disgusting. <laughs> so yeah, after uh, the blood is being fed to this woman in the tree roots, flowers are blooming around her, and like all of the like wooden vines kind of become green again, and so you're just yeah. like, oh shit, okay. Like, so she's clearly powering the nature of this island somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got some whimsical powers going on. Not yeah. being used very whimsically. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. so you, kind of, you kind of leave that scene like kind of like you have some questions are answered, but then now you have more questions. More, questions. more like, intrigue, more mystery. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, so I'm I understand now how kind of how this island works, but also how? why? <laughs> how? <laughs> like what? I need more answers now, but so yeah, basically they... sh- they're like using blood sacrifice to her to basically have this entire island um, alive with uh, nature. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's clearly not going so well. <laughs> no, the lady has kind of reached a breaking point where she's like, you know what, you can feed me all the buckets of blood and guts you want, but you're going to starve to death and I'll still be here, you assholes. Yeah. Fucking insane. So now we cut to Malcolm's daughter, Andrea, and she finds Thomas. And there was a scene before where you can see that Andrea seems to have a a nice heart because she's she's the only person that would actually go up to, um, oh, what's her name? The the sister. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer would go up to Jennifer and give her some like 
give her a blanket, some fresh food, and um, water to kind of like yeah. help her out as she's kind of being like bullied by children. Like children are playing with her, pulling out her hair. That's yeah, that's right. They just parade her through the streets. They just go just leave her there. Public uh, humiliating. Exactly, and uh, Je or, um, Andrea's the only one that's showing her any sort of empathy. Um, yeah, yeah, she is like, oh, a little bit more kindness here. So it seems like she has a good heart. And, uh, and she's the only so, person on the island wearing makeup. <laughs> she's clearly wearing makeup. Yeah, I was like, what are you fooling? Come on. So <laughs> it's like the natural makeup, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's but, just so uh, funny because she just stands out. So I was like, oh, you're the pretty girl of the movie, I see. Everyone else is covered in mud and shit, but you have... <laughs> Beautiful red lipstick on. Uh, red <laughs> lipstick and like white porcelain yeah, skin. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, and that also kind of shows just like the favoritism of it because she's the daughter of the leader, so she probably gets yeah, it better true. than everybody else. She's wearing nicer that's clothes true. as well. They kind of look like designer clothing. So mm -hmm. a little, a little unfair class system at play in this cult, yeah. I think. Mm. 1905 uh, designer clothing. Yeah, yeah, whatever was real big <laughs> in the 05. <laughs> in the 05s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Andrea finds Thomas, and he ends up telling her his backstory. And so it's, like, honest with her, because she's like, who are you? Because, yeah. like, you've seen some shit. And yeah, I looked in your eyes. You got crazy eyes, dude. <laughs> you got some shit going on, and you need to be honest with me. So he tells her his backstory of being a Christian. Christian missionary that was persecuted in Peking and uh, he basically lost his faith in God after God failed to intervene in basically this oh entire I don't it seemed like a different cult that basically overtook him and just like burned an entire cross on his back as he's yeah. watching this entire town burn to ashes and you're like, well, like the, the, the problem kind yeah, of so like I, I didn't know that this also happened in china but i know specifically yeah. this happened in japan because when christian uh uh missionaries missionaries came they were very unwelcome because they felt that it was it was a way of thinking that would alter the population away from their already established uh community and yeah. so and social structure they might start like questioning things they might start revolting because the ideas clash with the ideas of the of the culture that already exists so they would like murder priests if they were practicing religion like it was super illegal to be practicing christianity in japan so I mean, it looks like it was pretty similarly welcomed in china where it's like yo fucking white dude we got our own society we're pretty chill with everything so fuck off because we don't need you to convert us and we're gonna burn your church to the ground in the most hardcore yep. way possible <laughs> and again yeah it's a it's such a short set piece but it's so amazing like the setup oh, it was like so the, well shot like the, the cinematography was gorgeous like it's clearly real fire but yeah. i just loved how they really played with the camera angle because there's camera angles because there are mm -hmm. shots where thomas was like on the ground and the camera would be on its side to kind of yeah. show his perspective and then as he yeah. stands up the camera kind of like writes itself and it's still kind of like at yeah. uh, a tilted angle and shit is on fire people are running screaming cross, and there's just like giant, giant fire. yeah 
that it's so metaphorical but like gorgeous because you just see him yeah. standing like just his the shadow of him being backlit by all this fire and this giant yeah. burning cross and you just see the entire cross that is burst into flames just falls falls <laughs> down and you can see it's like all right that's where he completely lost all faith in humanity yeah. faith in god religion life like there's like a close-up shot a broken of man. justin's eyeball that shows the With reflection the of the cross in it burning and it's yeah. like oh that's such a cool shot oh, nice <laughs> Ah, oh, the cinematographer. Like those shots with fire, like real fire makes shit yeah. so cool looking. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it adds lighting and you you know that the characters yeah. are like are hot because of it and like they look sweaty. You and, can like... see you can see like the heat, like you know when there's like those heat waves in the air. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it's... adds that. Like you can add all that stuff in CG, but you're not gonna feel it like this. There's no, no way. So it's so well done, and just the, the the music. It's not even like it's not music. It's just like like this intense yeah. sound while it's all happening. And the and music it's was very scream. interesting throughout this whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. You you don't get like your any sort of like actual songs per se, but it's just like it's no. very. It's a it's a very understated soundtrack. But when it needs to mm -hmm. kick in and be like, oh, this is the terrible moment. It's like okay, here's your horrible choir of children screaming in the background. <laughs> It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So, so yeah, that's his uh, that's his backstory. And yeah. um, after that lovely little tidbit, I mean, they show takes... the scar on his back too, where he's got the giant yeah. cross scar that's burnt into his back. It's like, oh my god! Yeah. It's like he he says in the movie, it's like we came to show him heaven. We came to show them heaven, but they greeted us with hell. And then it just cuts. <laughs> to the... It's like oh well, this is very close to what hell would look like. You know what? Just bring it on the nose. You got the fire. You got the, the crosses yeah, burning. Yeah, you know what? I will accept. I'll accept that description. Yeah, because because at that point, it's like you want something really terrible to have happened to, for him to be like this messed up. It's like you don't want him to just yeah. be like in in a church. It's like I have lost my faith. It's like no, no. You you know what? This is it. You're, this is gonna be definitive losing of faith. And like he's like right before he gets like burned, he's like praying to God and he keeps trying to like put his hands together, but he's bound by ropes and they keep pulling them away and he keeps trying to bring them back together and then then he gets yeah. Oh, it's such a good sequence. You feel bad. So yeah, after, <laughs> after that, Andrea takes Thomas to a wheat field to hide. Stay in the wheat field. And whilst this is happening, uh, we find out that uh, Fionn is pregnant, and she reveals this to Jeremy. Oh, yeah, one forgot. of the worst parts of the movie. Oh, we um, forgot to mention this part in the gore part. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So um, the pair plan to elope, and it's an emotional scene. But later, after um, Jeremy is not there, um, Quinn, Fionn's father, finds this out, and when alone with Fionn, he mutilates her body as a forced abortion, basically. Uh, just killing her. He cuts her open from stomach side to stomach side, and you just see like blood everywhere, and it's like, oh my god. Because he thinks it's like a, so a demon inside of her, because yeah. it was made out of wedlock, or whatever bullshit he's going with. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not good. Um, Jeremy and then it walks just gets in. Worse. It just gets oh, way, it keeps getting worse. worse. Keeps getting worse. <laughs> Jeremy walks in. He sees this, and there's a fight that erupts between the two of them. 
Jeremy stabs Quinn in the neck, and immediately after, Quinn just like jumps up, runs outside, and is yelling that Jeremy murdered Fionn. So he just immediately is framing Jeremy. The entire town just like buys in on this. Oh, and, and like the um, way he says it too, he uses that like justified preacher speech where oh he's my, like, "Yeah, exactly." Oh, it's so uh, you just want to you have to die so badly. It's like, no, no, don't believe him. And Quinn quickly claims the leadership role and forces a purification ceremony on Jeremy. I never want to be and part this... of a purification ceremony. Yeah. So. Basically, Jeremy flees, and this is kind of when Jeremy runs into the wheat field, and every everyone in the wheat field is now captured, including um, Andrea and Thomas mm -hmm. yeah. and Jeremy. Yeah. But um, so Thomas is captured, and everyone's aware of him kind of being a traitor at this point, or like not a real man yeah. of faith of this cult. So he's mm -hmm. kind of captured, held to the side, and. Um, Jeremy is taken and put onto a torture device where he's basically like, um, I don't know what you would call those, like clamped in. So, so yeah, his like, head is a device. So like one of those things. That vice, the whole, there you like, go. Any, any, any workbench has it. You spin it, it closes two clamps on either side to like pin a piece of wood or whatever you're working with. But in this case, it, it pins a human head and it looks kind of like a an old-timey electric chair it's like all made of wood but it has like a bunch of like metal bindings to keep you in place yeah like except binding. it's not a chair it's it's like just a big wooden board with like places to put the arms and legs oh, so you're kind of okay, sprawled yeah. out like a uh, like a starfish mm -hmm. and then you have your head clamped there's uh, like clamps for the wrists and the the ankles and they keep twisting them tighter to the point where you can hear bones cracking yeah, because also the screws look like they're going into him, so it's almost like a slight crucifix, uh, crucifixion as yeah. well. A bit. Yeah. It's it's a whole lot of badness. It looks a whole very lot of bad stuff. And like, and... I'm, I'm really curious if that piece of torture device is a real torture device that was used in like. There are much worse ones. I don't want to go into those <laughs> because. I went to there a torture are... museum when I went to Europe. Actually, there's a lot of bad stuff they do to your butt because there's they believe some... that's where Satan. Yeah, comes from. that's. No, that, that's the one I'm thinking of, because they yeah. would have someone sit on a spike, yeah, and they yeah. would just slowly... Go into it, and they had weights on their legs. They, had, they put yeah. weights on their legs, and you're, it would just slowly go up your butt, because apparently that would purify Satan out of your butthole, because that's where the devil comes from back then. Oh, God, yeah, God. That was, I was very surprised. It's absolutely disgusting. People yeah. were so fucked up back then. People are yeah. still fucked up, but yeah, like, <laughs> we haven't improved that much, unfortunately. Anyway, so this this device has a screw that's directly behind the head, and it's got like so the way I describe it is like, it looks like an apple corer, like a giant apple corer, yeah. and then behind it is this huge drill bit. Yeah. So the apple corer kind of like punctures into the head, and then the drill bit goes in and yeah, just it's, like it's hollows out the skull. It's very similar to what a drill bit you used to make holes in wood. Like, it, they're very similar. Oh, they have, okay. like, cutty pieces on the edge, and it just goes into okay. it. It's good for cutting holes in wood, but apparently also for cutting holes in people's heads. Oh. oh and the noise is the sound effect. Like, because they slowly have to crank it to get it into his head, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's very good attention to detail. 
Yeah. So that's the purification ceremony. And um, Quinn then calls Malcolm a false prophet now that he's high and mighty on his horse of power. Murder fest. Of murder fest and demands that he proves himself by executing Thomas. But at this moment, Frank, who is the father of Jeremy, comes and is absolutely enraged by the death of his son, understandably so, and attacks Quinn, which enables Thomas to escape. Yeah. Things are getting a little chaotic now, so things are just kind of going to be all over the place. The community is falling apart. It's the beginning of the end. It's not going well. It's not going to survive this. Frank and Thomas flee and arrive at the blood ritual barn. Frank enters but is killed by a masked figure which en- ends up being Quinn. Quinn murders Frank. Okay. Um, Thomas witnesses Jeremy being fed to the tree lady. That's nice. Yes, and ground up um, into bits. <laughs> yeah. He sneaks past and finds that Jennifer is alive but strung up in a sack amongst oh, other yeah. strung up people. Oh, yeah. And it's like the barn room with all the bodies and sacks. So yeah. she's just on the menu, essentially. She's on the menu. As he releases her, he is knocked unconscious by the tree-headed man, yeah. which I find out after like researching this, his name is The Grinder. The well, movie. that his is name's the grinder. appropriate. <laughs> yeah. That's his job. So... Thomas awakes to find himself tethered to a meat grinding table uh, hooks with hooks body. embedded into his hands and legs. It's, it like takes you a moment to process the contraption because it's, it's <laughs> oh, bless you. It's yeah, it's kind of hard to process what's happening to him at first. It's like a very close up camera. And you kind of see it on his hands, but then you can see the strings kind of lower on his body, and you're wondering yeah. what's going on. But it's like pulling his arms forward and his legs back to kind of straighten him out for the meat grinder it's oh. yeah he's like being straightened out and then he's being like pulled forward into like this huge grinding yeah. mechanical Which, machine by thing. the hooks that are in his body only so that would hurt so bad oh so, yeah exactly so he's getting closer and closer so and his hand actually gets one of his hands gets into it oh, yeah. and he yanks his hand out rips apart like three rips of three, fingers. three of his fingers off um <laughs> and then gory. he manages to so gory he manages to get off of that thing and is wrangling with the grinder and there's like <laughs> quite the the fight sequence between them but ultimately he gets the grinder dude on to the the table and he puts the hooks into him but manages to like hit a switch that like lets the the lock or something go yeah, and it just like quickly grind like pulls him into the grinder yeah so, i think like grinder his neck dead. Or something too, like one of the hooks like in his head too. <laughs> yeah like, so the grinder has been ground Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um yeah so now we cut to jennifer and andrea and we're discovering that they've now been locked up in this basement dungeon type thing they have like handcuffs around oh, them and too. they're being held captive in a yeah they're being held captive and quinn is down there and reveals to them that he imprisoned the goddess of the woods after malcolm realized her powers so we kind of see like this this um this backstory. shot from the past backstory shot of um basically malcolm discovering this goddess of the woods and their 
capturing her and they're kind of like they force her on on this like um bed of um roots like tree yeah. roots and like kind of force like, well, tie her for... down and start feeding her like bunnies and stuff blood. first bunnies it's like and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, raw animals. And it's stuff, like and all that's... the fe- all the feeding scenes are really visceral, gross too, because she doesn't yes, want to yeah. do it at first, but she's almost like no. a vampire where it is addictive to her drinking blood. So after a while, she does want it as well. So it's just like it's she's her... like trying to fight off yeah. this funnel, but then when it, they jam it into her mouth, when she finally gets it, she starts like suckling on it. It's just like it's uncomfortable. I don't like yeah. this. Like a, a nicer way to picture it is like when you're trying to feed a baby animal and they don't want to eat food and they're just like, no, no, no. Then you finally get it in their mouth and they're like, oh, oh, okay. This is food. I'm okay. This is good. You had a much That's nicer, a nicer... you had a much nicer picture in your head than I did. <laughs> I was going right back to barbarian and mother's bottle. I know, I know, I know. Suck on it. So fucking gross. So, um, yeah, so we get that backstory on how they managed to capture the goddess and like how this all came to be. It started with animals, but now it's. And the crops were great at first, but then they all died. Yeah. And she's like, fuck you, I'm not doing this anymore. And so they moved on to human sacrifice, and that's where they are now. And so (laughs) that's when Quinn um, is describing in his old English that basically he's going to use them as as like baby machines baby factories. Yeah. baby factories he's going to basically impregnate them over and over and use those babies as sacrifices so oh yeah because he so thinks that the up. pure blood will will somehow make the crops better if it's like a baby that they're which yeah that's great you know you're in a good moral place Awful. when you're grinding up babies yeah. This whole great section farm, is why... farms and baby grinding factories. Like, this is the worst cult ever. This whole section is why it is not a four out of five. It's a three and a half out of five. <laughs> yeah, once you get to rape factories For content. and baby grinders. Oh, pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to think about it too long. So now at this point, um, Thomas has escaped and um and i think after i didn't describe this part but after he had discovered jennifer uh quinn basically came and and took jennifer down to that basement that we just described Mm -hmm. so at this moment thomas is kind of alone with the goddess and the goddess sees him and she's like i've been waiting for you for so long and it's she yeah. describes her history to him. We get more like imagery of basically what I've described, and uh, and she just basically begs for him to kill her, and so yeah. he lights her on fire, and yeah, that that that's the end of the the goddess. Yeah, yeah, and she's really happy to die. <laughs> she is so excited to not Live be anymore. tormented, living in this hell any longer. Oof. Um, so now Thomas finds Andrea and Jennifer. He attacks Doesn't Quinn. She like stick fingers like in his head or something weird. Like, oh, she, like, uh, I don't his know. Head Maybe and like roots go into his head or because I think he like sh- shows him something. I, I don't oh, remember. Oh, like, maybe I think, I think that think, might like, be. She, she kind of like puts roots into his like forehead and kind of shows him stuff. So yeah, it, yeah, that could be. I can't. 
fully remember that part. <laughs> well, yeah. it's only important for for what happens at the very end. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, Thomas finds Andrea and Jennifer. He attacks Quinn, who's down there, and Quinn brutally stabs Thomas over and over as the the girls are trying to escape. Um. But the women, uh, the it's kind of interesting because it shows the camera, um, at them like breaking the connection of like the their chains to the wall and it's like they're getting somewhere but oh, then it yeah. cuts to the camera just pans away from them over onto thomas and quinn fighting <laughs> quinn is like stabbing thomas over and over and then... really, you think he's gonna win but it's like no he gets he loses no. pretty hard and at this moment the women have escaped and you just basically see like uh the the knife that is stabbed, there's a knife stabbed into Quinn, I believe. They just grab it, or like a hook or something, and just like pull it down his whole body, and he's just <laughs> basically ripped in half by these two angry women. Which, at this point, as a viewer, you're just so happy that he gets this super awful, painful death, because he's yes. such a terrible character. Yes, especially yeah. at the hands of the women he was going to rape over and over again. It's 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 very yeah. satisfying. It's a good conclusion to that character. Yeah. Oh, boy. And at this point, the entire town is on fire, because yeah. the, the yeah. goddess is on fire, so everything... Starts to all burn. of the nature also erupts into flame. Yeah, it's almost so like everyone... every, everything that was created through her magic or her essence essentially is like burning now. Like you can, almost the yeah. whole town was her essentially. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so everything's on fire. All of the 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 townspeople or cult members are fleeing, yeah. and okay. there's one boat left that's just kind of like waiting for the last members to escape. So. Um, Thomas is trying to escort Jennifer and Andrea to the boat before he collapses, but he can't quite make it because he's basically mortally wounded. Yeah, like he's, he's not gonna make it, and so he he's, just he's has gotta get to fight a tree monster, get to fight this asshole but guy. <laughs> he accomplish like he basically accomplishes what he set out yeah. for and yeah. saves he's his sister. Because uh, he describes his sister as being the most pure person. The he's ever known in yeah. his life and only, she the deserves the only beauty in the world to him. the only beauty in the world she deserves to continue living her life even if it doesn't mean that he gets to live his so yeah. he's yeah. happy to sacrifice himself and they have a tearful goodbye and yeah, jennifer sweet. and andrea uh run to to the boat and they they escape well then um, the mountain blows up in a vat of yeah that's blood. right <laughs> So, and then the side of the mountain just kind of, like, blows up, and there's all this blood just, like, pours out of it. And it's like, okay, yep, so... Like, the earth itself is bleeding. <laughs> that was basically the mother nature of that island was corrupted, fed blood, and it fucked everything up. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So now Thomas is kind of lying on the ground, um, and an injured Malcolm comes... To, to see him so they're kind of like they have last yeah. moments together and uh as he bleeds onto the ground the vegetation around him starts growing and infusing in within his body his eyes turn the same shape and color as the goddesses signifying his rebirth and the new guardian of the island yeah. but it also kind of shows his um his faith finally being restored as he's like come to peace with everything yeah. now that yeah. he's 
passing. Yeah, so yeah, he, he finds peace at the end of his life and gets to start a new one. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not as terrible as the last goddesses, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't get fed buckets of blood, but it gives you a little, a little hope. And then the movie hard cuts to credits, and the soundtrack is just yeah, like fire burning at the bottom. Yeah, it's a little intense. Uh, so that's uh, that's Apostle twenty eighteen Apostle. Yes, that is that is the whole kit and caboodle. That is an intense movie. Gareth Evans, yeah. that man knows how to make a make an enjoyable action-packed yeah. thriller. And I felt like I was really trying to speed through it, but we still just got to an hour now. So you know, it's yeah, I know, yeah, a lot, like, happens. A lot happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a, it's a, it's definitely worth watching too, just for like the cinematography and just oh, the, so the way that it's edited because. Yeah. Gareth Evans is a very like do it himself filmmaker as well. He uh, he writes, directs, like West. edits. His... Yeah, yeah, very much the same. Well, he went in his in Ooh. his own unique route because he's he's a British uh, guy, and he tried to get movies like you know made in in Britain and Hollywood and stuff, and everyone just kept saying no. So he said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go to Indonesia. I'm gonna go make what I want to make." And he went and made The Raid Redemption, which is considered, it's like blew the world open with how amazing the martial arts and the cinematography and and just everything about it. It's like this perfect 90 minute like action showpiece. And it's just, he created the, 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 the story of like going into a building and having to go to the top of it. Like the whole movie is just a SWAT team going into a building controlled by drug dealers and them trying to get to the top of the building to kill the drug dealer. And it's just about okay, how yeah. they have to attempt to survive this insane, because the whole apartment building is filled with drug dealers and people that work for the, the cartel. So they essentially have to fight the whole building. That's <laughs> like one group of SWAT members. Oh, wow. And they get, and like, but the way the action is filmed, like you said, how he uses interesting cameras where they're turned at certain points yeah. and then it rises with the character. Like yeah. that's, if you watch his other movies, that's very much his style where, he uses that in fight scenes very effectively. Like when people are fighting with knives, they do use it in this movie as well. Like they'll like bend the camera when the arm gets bent. So it like feels extra fast. And it's, it, he's very good at making like visceral, like intense shots where it's just, oh, cool. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very well. So many cuts, like, but it, it all feels connected. And like something like that can so easily become confusing and, like misunderstood so quickly because it's it, it's hard it's hard to like keep yeah that speed and intensity while like making sure the audience knows what the hell is happening yeah and yeah he uh he nails it so we, we might watch the raid movies one day because they're all so exceptionally gory but it's on the it's not a i wouldn't say it's a horror movie i did watch an interview with him where he described the first raid movie as like a survival horror essentially with action okay. in it because it's essentially about two cops attempting to live through the whole experience and get through this building of mm -hmm. they might as well be monsters <laughs> kung fu monsters <laughs> yep but uh yeah he's so he was an interesting guy so he he ended up doing that and he made the raid and the raid 2 over there and th those movies were insanely popular and so he went back to england and he made the uh, like a british crime show i haven't watched it yet it's called like the gangsters of london i think but he made, he's made multiple oh, okay. seasons of that. And he made some action movie with Tom Hardy that was supposed to be released on Netflix in 2023 called Havoc. But I can't find anything about it. 
So I have no idea if Netflix just did their stupid Netflix thing and shelved the movie and it'll never exist. But uh, I'm worried about that. This is also, I'll just, this is a good segue for me because in trying to research this movie, I came across a frustration that I've had a few times trying to research pretty much any movie on Netflix that comes from Netflix Mm -hmm. is that Netflix doesn't really care about like showcasing the movie, the making of the movie. I don't think there's mm-hmm. a department that exists for them to make like special features of like behind the scenes interviews. Yeah. They do so little to support these types of movies. And you can, I, I tried to see if you could buy the Blu-ray and you could obscurely buy it on eBay, but it doesn't exist on Amazon wow. or any major like That's purchasing weird. service. So like it's, it's unfortunate because I feel like these movies might get lost to time at some point. Like, like the apostle and like the ritual, they both kind of came out around the same time and kind of have a similar feeling in terms of both British movies and about people going to a foresty land and meeting a weird woodland thing. And like those two movies are so hard to find hard copies of because they were both made for Netflix. So Netflix doesn't really care about that stuff. So it's kind of unfortunate that you can't, you just can't find stuff about this. I got, I found one, one three minute interview of Gareth Evans talking about the movie. And that was it. There's no cast interviews. There's no, no anything that you can find on YouTube. It it pretty much just talks about that stupid Robert Duvall movie. So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad that these movies might just kind of fall into the ocean of Netflix junk and like, yeah, that is really sad. Cause I feel like there would be some very interesting behind the scenes stuff. To well, find out about it, but it would be like, yeah, because of the technical work that must have gone in it, like the stage building, they probably built that whole town. Like there was probably a lot of effort that went into making that movie feel authentic. Yeah, like even on their Wikipedia page, like it's very minimal. Like it shows uh, a brief description, what the plot is, the cast, yeah. and then like a little tiny blurb on the production of it, and it was just. It's just talking about who was hired for it. Yeah, it yeah, I, re- I read that. I was like, oh, maybe there's something here. I was like, oh, wow. it was like, little, like a paragraph. Nothing. And then if you go to IMDb, like normally the trivia section is pretty good. It has some interesting stuff in it. Yeah. But like this time there's three, there's three entries. And like none of them are really oh. any information whatsoever. One of them is just explaining what the drug is that the guy takes or what it could possibly be. It's just like, wow. There's absolutely nothing about this movie out there. It's like, and then I looked up the Blu-ray and the Blu-ray has absolutely no special features like movie. (laughs) That's it. Oh. So it's, I feel like, I wish Gareth Evans was able to make movies that reached broader audiences just because he's a very good filmmaker. I really like him as a filmmaker. I think he's super talented and he has a really unique, amazing eye. Like his, yeah. because not just his action, because I, I love action movies, so I focus a lot on his amazing action filming, but he's also very good at finding, like, I don't know, maybe he has somebody, but like set locations and like setups for establishing shots yeah. are always very nice and unique. Like in the Raid 2, there's tons of these like still shots that just hold for five minutes and it's like this huge wide shot. And then mm-hmm. 
you don't know what you're looking at at first. You're just kind of taking in the beauty, but then all of a sudden motion will come in like one far off corner. You'll see like three people walking on a tiny road towards you and they, they're kind of getting bigger and it's just enough that it catches your eye and then it cuts to them. So he's like, mm-hmm. he figured out the perfect amount of time to just like allow the audience to view the nature and then cue in these super tiny people way off in the background to just make enough motion that it then makes the audience notice it. It's like, that probably requires a lot of effort. And you don't yeah. see that in movies. Like, you just don't see that level of, like, interest. In, like, you watch a Marvel movie. It's like, establishing shot outside of man's house. Go inside the house. Okay. Yeah. Activate CG nonsense. Like, there's no thought or care put into, like, how you establish this, why you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a guy that doesn't make a lot of movies because he always wants control over his movies too. So it's kind of like always sad that uh, you know, always waiting for him to make something else. But it's like, oh come on. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame because um, I would like to see more stuff by him. But uh, yeah, sorry, I was just looking at the trivia page oh, no on IMDb, it's and sad. it was two, two like random facts and the first one is the tincture taken by thomas throughout the first half of the movie is likely laudanum laudanum or tincture of opium is comprised of opium powder and alcohol it is implied in the opening scene that his addiction is why he is thought to be dead prior to being located to help with his sister's rescue it's like that's not that interesting it's like I want to know more about the making of the movie. It's not like, uh, yeah, it's not a fact. It's just like, where did they shoot it? What, like, how long did it take? (laughs) You know, even the ritual, I was able to find more stuff on it. Cause I found out they filmed it like Transylvania and they had to fly in cameras and and shit for it. Like, but this was just a a dry oasis. And yeah, yeah, unfortunately the Robert Duvall movie is much more popular. So you just keep getting, stupid information about that oh my god this is frustrating there's a there's a section called goofs and it's just Uh, like gen generic like general people that are pointing out inconsistencies or like the shotgun shell i I read the shotgun shell fact (laughs) stupid who cares yeah it's just kind of yeah so it's kind of sad that there's there's not more on it i wish i wish there was and i think this kind of is a broader problem with movies made for streaming services, which is kind of unfortunate yeah. that you don't, you don't get a chance to like own these movies and rewatch them and like, you know, listen to the director, even a director's commentary. It seems so rare these days that you get like quality, even commentary tracks on stuff. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, unless you want to watch Marvel where they, you know, fork out like $50 million to like, you know, have all these glossy behind the scenes where everyone's just like, it was the most amazing movie I've ever made. We're all family and we're going to live together forever. Like, it's yeah. like, oh God, I don't give a shit. I just want to hear how the movie's actually made. I don't care about your personal feelings. Shut up, actors. Go away. I want to see the guy named Bill who made the special effects and <laughs> created the depth of field. Like, I want to talk to Bill. I don't give a shit about what the actors thought about the process and how yeah. it made them feel. Talk to me about Bill, okay? Yeah. Visual effects specialist Bill. That's what I want to yeah. hear about. Talk to know. us, Bill. We'd love to interview you. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> One of our 31 subscribers. Yeah, Hell if yeah. you know Bill, a special effects <laughs> supervisor, uh, apostle, you let us know. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess that's probably the, the gist of the info that you found on Apostle. I've shouted at clouds long enough for one day. I think we can All right. wrap it up here before right, I become well. older and grumpier with every word. <laughs> older, grumpier man shouts at clouds. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, it is a really interesting, unique movie with beautiful cinematography. So I'd recommend it if any of those things we talked about didn't gross you out and you think you can handle it. It's worth a watch, so... You anyway, probably have a yeah, Netflix so... account. You watch it right now. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Do free. it. Be free. And until next time, see ya. Bye-bye. Uh. <laughs> Au revoir. All right. Podcast's over. I don't want to be here anymore.